short for a stormtrooper? Huh? Oh, the uniform. This is Bob Muir. And this is Mr. The Bandit. And this is the Bob Muir and the Enemy Below podcast. Uh, we, once again, are sans the Enemy Below due to various commitments like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, none of which we, we really experience. So, I uh, have never <laughs> sought any of those, yeah, so uh, although I just feel that I've been entitled to all of them. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, so how, how, was the, how was Christmas in the new year for you? Uh, yeah, everything's been great so far. I mean, I'm I am uh, ready to uh, you know embrace our new uh, alien overlords and uh, oh dear yes over my will <laughs> yes yes Both the, literally and figuratively yes so it's like uh, yeah we're uh, okay so but yeah. uh, uh, all things being considered mm-hmm. I'd rather be in Philadelphia yeah <laughs> the, or probably not. The Liberty Bell has probably cracked and crumbled. <laughs> Liberty Bell is, the Liberty Bell has shaken to pieces. <laughs> it's basically I think Trump its... has just taken it, turned it over, and taken a shit in it. So. Yes, yeah. Well, it. well, it's going to be it's, it's going to be just terrifying uh, on on so many levels that I can't even begin to describe. I mean, he, this week alone, uh, considering the fact he's um, they came in, you know, he's sort of like jabbering. He was jabbering about. Um, he was jabbering about the low ratings that Arnold Schwarzenegger had. Okay, on on the Celebrity Apprentice, right? The important issues. And he's like, "You're the president, dude. You're the president of the United States. Okay, or you're going to be the president of the United States in about in about eleven days or whatever the hell it is." Right. This is what you're spending your fucking time on, you goddamn moron. Yeah. She's low. I mean, you know what though? The mm-hmm. people have spoken, and they have gotten what they well uh, want I, and maybe deserve. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that there was uh, I saw something. There have been numerous stories about how you know we really need to understand the Trump voter, and and after some sober consideration and after some drunken consideration, I've decided no, fuck that. Uh, they it's there was a perfect example of it was a quote was these two guys are sitting around and like conservatives says well you know it's time for us to go to work and we're gonna let the liberals sleep in, if anything you know summed up the smug self satisfied and also the need to be superior to someone else right. that drives you know that you know that drives the Trump voter I can't think of anything that's more. As in more, more perfect than that. No, than that. You know, I don't care. Honestly, I don't care if you love Jesus and that you work hard. That's fine. It's wonderful. I, you know, I don't. You know, I, I, I have. I feel no need to put anybody down for being who they are. I mean, that's seriously. That's just insane nonsense. And this is just hateful nonsense. And this is kind of what we're, you know, this is this is what they well, I mean, for. I think we can all agree the uh, white people in this country just haven't gotten a fair shake. Not a bit. Not a bit. They don't have everything. They have <laughs> most of it. They don't have everything. Well, uh, no. And you know what's funny, though, but and I heard this from someone else is that, look, if you have told these people for not you, but universally, if it has been in the public consciousness that, you know, uh, whitey is becoming the minority. Not any time in the near future, but, you know, on the horizon. And basically, Whitey has to get ready to accept that. Yeah. You know, um, this is their backlash. I suppose. But one could also figure that this is also basically a, a terror that Whitey is going to be treated the same way Whitey treated the others. Uh, and right. that, well, that... This, is, and this is what you're going to get. I mean, they, they are they, they came out. I mean, that the whole thing with Nixon of that silent majority. Yeah. You yes. know, it's. Well, they, this is so what many, but so many of them have. They, I mean, some. Of the, I mean, the stories that are going. Well, the the the, the quote the quote that'll probably live in infamy, and I saw it like flying over the transom or somewhere. The quote that'll live in infamy. It says, "No, I voted to repeat repeal Obamacare, not the the Affordable Care Act." Right. These people have. You know, they, somebody said they cut their own throats. They said no. They have bought a Glock. They have loaded it. They've chambered around. They've put it in their mouth and they pulled the trigger. It's a lot of deliberate acts have got into this, and, and I just I, and I don't see how this I don't see how this works out at all. Um, the only well, thing. Well, I mean, I think I think how it will work out is this: is you know, I mean, th- things will 
end up. I mean, look, we, uh, I, I certainly am just as terrified, and <laughs> certainly I've tried to be rational. And here's the thing, I, I think if we need to be. I don't think we need to understand the Trump voter the way they're saying, like, oh, like, the um, woe is me. Mm-hmm. But I just mean our side and you and I mean liberal. Mm-hmm. You know, we have made consolidations for our side for a long time. And, you know, it, we may not uh, – we don't have to love it, but we have to at least understand it. And we have to at least try to figure out what we can do to prevent this from happening going forward, hopefully right. without, you know, like uh, the need for him to do something so fucking heinous and stupid that, you know, then people wake up. You know what I mean? I, I just mean I hopefully just, we get to four years and we can reassess and come back smarter. Well, I it, it, I don't think so. I don't think that happens. <laughs> I, I really don't. I mean, a lot of people is like, you know, well, we're just we're going, you know, I listened to I listened to the professional left podcast. They're going for it. I say, I, I God, I wish I had your hope. I really do. I well, just, it's not just, hope. I just try to be pragmatic. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be chicken little at the same time. Pragmatic I, is I, buying yeah. food and but pragmatic is actually building a shelter, buying food and guns. I mean, that's pragmatic at this point. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, maybe in that case, then I am wrong. <laughs> so, but it's simply because I just it's well. I mean, just simply. I mean, if nothing else, I mean, we have a president who's who is arguably compromised by the by the by, by the leader of another nation. He's got. I mean, yeah. Putin's got something on him. I mean, and that's Which, here's my question though: insane. Is what are all these people that were the old school Republicans that you know, like better red than de- or better dead than red? That only they're they're complete nihilists, and and the only thing they want is power, and that's actually very much the Trump voter. Let me let me give you a quick example. There's somebody in my uh, that I know. I, I'm not gonna not gonna accept you. How who and what how I know? There was a strike some years ago by the New York City transit workers, mostly because that the MTA was going to try to like renegotiate their contract and take away things like you know we can't just fire you for nothing. Uh, it's certain things that you know unions have, and uh, the person I was talking with says, you know, well, I, you know, we don't, you know, they can fire people can fire. I don't. It's I don't think it's right that they have that, and I don't. I could get fired at any moment, and it took me a while to quite come up with the prop. You know, it's not fair. And I said, well, it's yes. I my my uh, my unfortunate response at the time was well life isn't fair it's not <laughs> fair i mean How i understand to that response they were not they were not pleased with that no but my, most are not but my own response you know but it's not fair that i'm not rich but i don't go around complaining about it too much except when right. the bills are due and you know i certainly know that i have but what the but it, don't you understand that that's it did they, not. They, they're they're going to be rich one day. Well, and they need to make sure they're not paying taxes yeah, when they're millionaires, right. even though they well, weren't born into it. And it's a statistical well, possibility. Well, this is basically the thing is he's basically stripping somebody else of what they're getting. But it's the question that I really should have asked, and I didn't get around to doing it because it just it didn't occur to me until like three years later because my mind works slowly. Is that let us say hypothetically that the strike is resolved and that the the rights of these people are removed how is your situation changed at all why is that better how does that make your life any better you still could be fired at any moment too it takes nothing you you gain nothing from this except spite and that's basically my 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 thought on it at the moment and aside, aside know, from I mean, the bitching and moaning about nobody wanting to play at the inauguration, which I think is wonderful, I am. Well, yeah, so I mean, that's pleased. not a shock. I mean, no, that's, yes, that's, I that's, mean, that's, but at the same time, I mean, I, I think if anything that we can hold on hope to, <laughs> assuming we all survive, and I, I hold out hope that we will weather this. If we weather, <laughs> you know, we look, we weathered uh, Jagger Hoover. You know, mm. we weathered Nixon. You know, and we went through. Reagan. By the by, the way, the, by the way, some interesting facts about Nixon came out. Look it up. He he tanked the Paris peace talks to win the election. I oh mean, yeah, he, oh, no, his, no, 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 he no. should that, have. That's been. not shocking. I've I've always maintained that. I mean, that, all that's done is solidified what I <laughs> I had believed from my knowledge of history and and my my reading of history. So I mean, that's it. 
I'm not saying that to be smug or snarky. No. I mean, I'm just not surprised. Yeah. All right. Okay. We're going to that the the Imperial Death March uh, basically signals that this segment is over. I'm going to try to save this so that we hopefully don't have to go through thir- record 50 minutes and then suddenly discover that nothing has been saved. Anyway, uh, right. I'm going to stop this and we'll be. I'll I'll give you a call right back if it, if it works. Sure. Yeah, I'll yeah. Let you know. Okay. Previous section was brought to you by Yo-Yo Dine. We didn't make the cereal that made you all sick. It just happened to have our name. It was a printing error. We're very sorry. Thank you. It's a- yes, and, and they would also like to make sure you know that they are the ones who both let the dogs out and started the fire. Yes, they both. They, that's Yo-Yo Dine. <laughs> Yo-Yo Dine. Yo-Yo Dine Industries. Edison, New Jersey. Uh, oh, by the way, here, here I just want to throw the. Okay, we're going to go to pop culture because it's a lot more fun. I want to. I want to actually. I do not. Uh, there is a very, very wonderful. I've discovered a probably two years later than the hip the hips people have, but I've discovered a wonderfully bizarre and amazingly strange podcast uh, that is called Welcome to Night Vale. And if you have any taste for the bizarre at all this you, this should be on your listening list it is okay. it is just it's it is just absolutely the craziest thing i've ever it's just wonderfully bizarre it's sort of a combination of uh, oddly odd combination of the x-files and bob newhart uh if there's a way to this about the way, best way to describe it i think i hold like on, both of those just hold on one second <laughs> It's basically the, the thing. Basically, is a hey. It's a radio broadcast. Idea, it's a radio broadcast from Nightvale Public Radio, uh, community radio, and they describe all the bizarre things that are happening in Nightvale. Uh, let me just give you a little taste taste of what this is. I want to quote this because it's just so wonderfully wonderfully weird. Hello, listeners. To start things off, I've been asked to read this brief notice. The city council announces the opening of a, of a new dog park at the corner of Earl and Somerset near the Ralphs. They would like to remind everyone that dogs are not allowed in the dog park. People are not allowed in the dog park. It is possible you will see hooded figures in the dog park. Do not approach them. Do not approach the dog park. The fence is electrified and highly dangerous. Try not to look at the dog park and especially do not look at look for any period of time at the hooded figures. The dog bark will not harm you. Uh, so <laughs> it goes from there. Uh, how can you argue with that? <laughs> yes. So they have like you know, there's like there's like the uh, they have one where a a a jet uh, mysteriously appears for a couple of seconds inside the gymna- a gymnasium and then disappears again. And with the tagline, "We're not sure if this is going to disrupt practice again." Uh, so it's, oh it's, it's just basically the, 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 the premise is for according to the guy who I have this thing called, uh, mostly void, partially stars, which is the first, uh, episode, first episodes of welcome to night vale in, 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 in book form, uh, is that it's a town night vale is a town where every conspiracy theory ever made is true and people just have to survive, just have, try to have to deal with day to day life as a result. So it's it's wonderfully bizarre. Listen to it. You throw the, said, now, now spell that again. I, I got welcome to that welcome part. To, I can't welcome to night and I night vale and V A L E. All right, I'm it's, putting them right now. It's on the podcast. It's it's wonderfully strange. And there's like they uh, the other thing is they have like their weather report is actually a song by by like a new new artist people that you don't would not ordinarily listen to under normal circumstances. So you can maybe discover somebody you like. So that's my, this is my unabashed recommendation to Welcome to Night Vale. It is so strange. I'm so jealous. They just absolutely, you know, like, they just channeled channeled my taste for the bizarre, and I'm very, very grateful for them to be out there. Anyway, so. It's now in my uh, uh, queue. Okay. So I am ready. It's best to start. Yeah, start from po- the, it's episode. You start from episode one and move on. Obviously, it's, 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 it's so. I appreciate you <laughs> clarifying that for me. Well, you know, some people. It's, I, I say, I say snarkily at your condescension. Well, no, it's it's kind of like sometimes some some podcasts are like stand. Each one is like a standalone. This is not. They kind of like build on each other. You're saying it's got more of a serial nature. There's a little more of a serial. But I mean, there's things that are being referenced from other earlier episodes and such. Like the dog park comes in more than once during the entire, uh, during the thing. So I was going to say our serial nature is mostly 
the bodies that haven't been found. As yeah, of exactly. Yet. Yes, the the the, yeah, the wouldn't, whole... that, wouldn't that suck if we both went to prison because of my making a stupid <laughs> fucking joke? Yes, it would be. Yes, yeah. it would be, and I would be. I would be for one. Yeah, no, it was him. It was him. I was. Yeah. I, I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> Sadly, I don't think anyone would go. I don't know. He seems pretty upstanding. Uh, no, no. Yeah, we. Oh, we believe you. You could go now. <laughs> they wouldn't even have to get that far. I know. <laughs> and they would go. Yeah. 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 Look at him. I mean, you know, like you know. Hey, I. I, I don't I, think they would get that far. They just say, yeah, "Yep." Yep. Well, we're done here. Okay. That's another case closed. Thank you. <laughs> Every episode of Law and Order just ends with him staring at me. Dun, dun. It's his yeah. fault. So yeah. anyway, that, um, that, that's not the sound of the bars closing. That's the sound of my balls going into the wheelbarrow. Yes. Um. Anyway, uh, Rogue One. Did you use? I gather you've seen Rogue One since. Uh, I have seen Rogue One, and, and I have listened to enough nerds. Okay. And separate. Uh, YouTube channel and podcast <laughs> to uh, sound like I know what I'm talking about well, uh, when good. it comes to the Star Wars universe and how this fits in. Well, good. Why don't we just spend the next ten minutes and go over that and see what we see what you have see what you have for me. Us. Now, did you did you read the book that came out prior to the film? That's essentially the uh, prologue. No. I think it's called Catalyst. No, I did not. Okay. Should well, I have? <laughs> I according, to the, according to the I, Star Wars, I didn't know there was. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know there was homework for God's sakes. I mean, it's sorry. a movie. I was going to see a movie. I had popcorn. This, this is, is going to be graded. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. As you as you give your um, analysis, I'm mm-hmm. going to look up because uh, I'm going to look up like the wiki description of this book because mm-hmm. that will do it in a much more concise manner than me stammering along from my memory i got gotcha. you okay well i i enjoyed the movie i thought i it, it took honestly i it took a little while for it to get started uh because i am getting a little tired of the trope of only it's gonna it has to take something personal for person for me to describe decide to fight the empire i mean even though after all the since the the main character's father was taken away by the empire and her his mother her mother was killed by the empire apparently that's not enough apparently it's got to like it's it's got to have this you know like the the the, the father the, the spoiler alert the father has to be redeemed because he's actually attempting to sabotage the Death Star. There's never uh, daddy issues in Star Wars. Never daddy issues in Star Wars. I mean, I I let me put it this way: I could see it in Luke because Luke really was like a kid and kind of dumb, uh, and you know he he was kind of trapped and he felt guilty about wanting to leave. So he really you know he was there, there was a real yeah, that was a real you know. They'd raised him. There was a real. That's a real struggle. That's a real. This one is like. Well, you know, when you watch that film, when you watch the New Hope again, yeah. And then when you see what, you know, that they were a, um, a lot more gray area with the rebels. Yeah. But also they were, you know, desperate and disparate, but they weren't exactly, you know, uh, yokels. Which no. then makes you think when you watch it again and you see Luke joining, it would yeah. be like some local farm, you know, class. Yeah. Like yeah. Gomer Pyle come in and going like, "Gosh, I used to fly the." I used to fly. Know, fly I used to shoot wolf rats. <laughs> the farm. Used, now I, I just jump in there and take your, uh, I don't know, million galactic buck. Uh, yeah, I'll, you know, ta- F- I'll take space F sixteen, and uh, yeah, you know, I'm gonna yeah. win this for you. Yeah. So which which I gotta think. I, I still the thing is I still don't quite know how and where the rebels found a place to actually manufacture their own goddamn fighters. I mean, you would think that actually in a, in a sort of like re- rebellion of this sort, they would be using captured equipment a lot. Uh, well, I, mean, I, I think you've got to take into account first of all it's fantasy, but second yes. of all, like I mean. There, uh, you know, there are so many planets as widespread as the Empire is. Mm-hmm. They can't yeah. be on every planet, right? You know, like you know, Genosis or whatever it was that they, you know, wherever they started the clones. You know, like mm-hmm. that. A lot of the stuff was being done underground by the Sith before, you yeah. know, they were caught on. And if you remember in the first Star Wars film, mm-hmm. they're still kind of talking. Um, they're still playing above board as if the. Well, I guess they just disbanded the Senate, but yeah, up until that point, for the last 30 years, there had been a Senate there and whatnot. It, it, they were under a rule that they didn't quite like, 
but they were still trying to yeah, hold their cards to the best on some level. It's basically, yeah, they're like like they say, well, yes, Trump's an idiot, but we're we're going to deal with within the system. So I mean, that's exactly right. <laughs> so right. Yeah, no, there is. I mean, there's lots of metaphors to be found in it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I I en- actually once I go- once it started rolling, I enjoyed the film immensely. Um, I a couple of things, you know, like a couple of things which I thought was kind of interesting. It really had the final battle scene really had, and I think. <clears throat> I'm not. The, I may not be the. I can't be the only one that's got this. It really kind of like felt like they reminded me of Vietnam era war footage. There was a lot of that, you know, like suddenly like people running and scampering and, and oh, yeah. very, yeah. very well, much. And especially, I mean, you finally had the wars in Star Wars. I mean, a lot yeah. of that kind of handheld, uh, oh, cinema verite of having yeah. be on the ground in the middle of the, you know, in the thick of it on yeah. the beaches and seeing a lot of those low angle shots. Mm-hmm. You know, it made you feel much more. Vis- part of it. Much more visceral. It really was a very visceral film at the end there. Uh, and don't I, forget, I mean, you know, I mean, Lucas, his inspiration for the original films was uh, the dogfights in WW2. Yeah, so it, you know, it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot there. So uh, I, I enjoyed the film. I, 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 I did find it a little bit tough to get going. I was going like. I thought the major plot of it was kind of like, okay, well, I guess they kind of had, I mean, because this is like 30, you know, 30 years of nerds arguing, why would they have an exhaust port there? Right. Uh, it was apparently well, I, thought, I thought that was a nice way to kind of retro. Yeah, retro it. it. Mm-hmm. That, that storyline, you know, yeah. to kind of backtrack and, and make it, you know, yeah, but, uh, fill in that blank in a way that, that you can have some sort of satisfactory. Yeah. Yeah, I, and, although it does lead up to calling a lot of bullshit when you know, um, what is it? Vader boards that uh, the mm, vessel in the very beginning of a new yeah, hope, and she's yeah, laying yeah. off like, "Oh, I'm just on a diplomatic uh, mission." It's like, yeah, it's you know what, bitch? I just followed you. We just you just <laughs> you just jettisoned the ship out of a rebel fight. You know, I'm like, fucking Darth Vader. I, I, I mean that as an adjective. I'm not. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I guess maybe I'm fucking myself. <laughs> I'm floating legless in my, yes. you know, what, yes. what is it? Wonder health pool. Oh uh, yes. In my uh, castle, you castle, know, snake on... castle in, in yeah. lava land. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that might have been a little over the top. I've got to figure, you know, like that was like know. who's his manservant? Like, <laughs> what, what is he going to do his tell-all book? Uh, yeah, I was like, I was, I was Darth Vader's manservant. This was not what a good job. What a guy with no legs can do. <laughs> Just truly, that, truly. kind of an inspirational story also. It's, it's just kind of like, it's this whatever it is. So well, I, would, you, would you like to know the 10-cent the, the synopsis of what Catalyst is? Oh, sure. 10-cent synopsis. Ten All right. Cent this is a synopsis. book that came out about six months before the film. And okay. as part of the, they, they said, uh, going forward, anything that had been a non-movie was mm-hmm. not um, canon. Right. So, but even though they are changing that with Star Wars Rebels, which has now got Admiral, mm. well, they said anything going forward, if, unless they choose to put it in there. So, like okay. Admiral Prawn, I think, or something like that. Yeah. He's now on there, the blue dude. And then mm. uh, also the ghost spaceship from Rebels was in the final battle of Rogue One. Right. And, um, as also, was the. I, I saw the trailer for the new season of Rebels, and holy shitballs. Like, I have not been watching it, but not only is Darth Maul still alive. But they uh, the last little tease at the end was uh, Kenobi out in the desert. Oh, okay. Which, by the way, looking at how uh, Bail Organa aged, mm-hmm. I mean, clearly the desert was not kind to old Ben. <laughs> the old. Desert. No, Ben's looked about the same, and Bezard... old Ben went from you and McGregor to <laughs> old ass Alec Guinness with a bad uh, hairpiece. Yes. <laughs> so, all right. So Catalyst comes out. So this is canon. And uh, what it says is, war is tearing the galaxy apart. For years, the Republic and the Separatists have battled across the stars, each building more and more deadly technology in an attempt to win the war. As a member of Chancellor Palpatine's top-secret Death Star project, Orson Krennic is determined to develop a superweapon before their enemies can. And an old friend of Krennic's, the brilliant scientist... Uh, Galen Erso could be the key. Galen's energy-focused research has captured the attention of both Krennic and his foes, making the scientist a crucial pawn in the galactic conflict. But after Krennic rescues Galen, his wife, uh, Lara, and their young daughter, Jen, from Separatist kidnappers, the Erso family is deeply in Krennic's debt. Krennic then offers Galen an extraordinary opportunity to continue his scientific studies with every resource 
put utterly at his disposal. While Galen and Lara believe that his energy research will be used purely in altruistic ways, Krennic has other plans that will finally make the Death Star a reality. Trapped in their benefactor's tightening grasp, the Ursos must untangle Krennic's web of deception to save themselves and the galaxy itself. Uh, Which it seemed to imply that his wife may have been a former Jedi. Also, it looks like they became kind of like hippies. Um, yeah. But I, I liked I, I liked the fact that, uh, oh, what's his name? Saul Guerrera. I like him being kind of on the fringe, even from the Rebels. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that would be. The one yeah. thing I feel like, though, everything that I just read could have been the fucking crawl. Like, yeah. I don't understand why there wasn't a crawl. Yeah, like because that's a lot of exposition there for that shit. Yeah, there's a lot in there, and but I thought it was I I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed, enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, I was the only thing was like I I had to say I found the Christopher Lee the um, Peter Cushing oh, bits oh, Peter Cushing just a little creepy. I, yeah, I just you know what in spurts uh, it, it's like it's still it's it's much better than say when they did uh, what was Tom Hanks in that. Uh, Come around the choo-choo with Santa Claus or whatever it was. Forrest Gump. Polar Express. Oh, Polar Express, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it wasn't come around the choo-choo with Santa. It's a Polar Express. (laughs) Come around the choo-choo with Santa was a very, very (laughs) uh, indiscriminating. No, no, no. Let's start that. Let's let's not, because, you know, when you last time you started that, you know, there's a a whole series of charges that had to get dropped mysteriously. I'm Uh, still not allowed (laughs) near a train station. (laughs) And, and that and, and that that ankle thing you had to wear too for a couple of years. So and anyway, pole. I mean, a very frigid man's penis. Uh, uh, yes. The point is this. <laughs> yes. Is uh, well, the point was that yeah. was um, that I think that there was uh, it is on its uh, what do they call it the uncanny valley. Right. It, and, there's still too much of a just human uh, kind of yeah. uh, uh, internal bullshit detector. Yeah, I mean yeah. that was that's what that's what pinged on me. I mean to be perfectly honest, it was just like. Um, but I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty <laughs> cool. And you know, listen, unfortunately, hey, you know what? They may have to use that technology for episode for Ken- nine because yes. apparently Leia was supposed to play a pretty big part. Yeah, we're gonna we'll we'll, we'll we will discuss that in the next segment. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but the um, but but I think it's just like it just was a little bit of like uh, not quite right here. Uh, yeah, yeah, that... and, and but not only that, but here's what I was thinking about: the lady who played the original um, uh, Mon Mothma, mm-hmm. she had to have been like, "What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. Or her family? Yeah, <laughs> like, why is it okay to recast her? Where's her CGI face? Where's her CGI? Where's our money? God damn it! <laughs> well, apparently, you know, uh, the Grand Moff Tarkin plays uh, a significant role on Rebels, but also in that book Catalyst, yeah. apparently he was a significant part in their as a um you know internal rivalry within the empire between yeah. him and Krennic, which I, I do like the fact that he basically comes in and he's like you and you're you know you, you know this you wasted all this money and you're gonna get fired oh it works okay guess what it's mine you're fired it's mine yeah. now I I, 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 love, I just screwed the guy six ways from Sunday I mean and it's the just... fact that he got killed by his own device yeah yeah so it's just like you which, know to be fair there is a nice little um nice little t- uh, 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 ironic justice that Eventually, yeah. uh, Tarkin gets killed yeah. by the, you know by the same device. Yeah. So every yeah. You know, so by, being, by putting himself on the Death Star. Yeah. His demise. But I, I do actually say just uh, actually Peter Cushing was had had a long correspondence relationship with Christopher Lee. They're great friends uh, for for many many years. And he was like apparently when he was doing the the first Star Wars, he was I am this is the silliest thing I've ever been involved in. Right. It's, 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 well, and, and I think he said though he's like my dear boy. I have no idea. He's like uh, I think Christopher Lee said my dear boy. What's what's a grand moth talking? He's <laughs> yeah. like. Uh, He's like, I have no idea, but they're paying well. <laughs> so basically, that was his. That was his. That was his shtick. I mean, Which is almost up there with Michael Caine, who said about the swarm. Uh, yeah. I've never seen the film, but I have enjoyed the house it purchased. <laughs> yeah. yes. yes. Which, by the way, what I was going to ask you was with this was, I mean, look, I was going to ask you. I was going to say, sorry. Yeah. Brain brain freeze. Um, with um, any film like that, without having the, you know hindsight looking back and seeing it's going to become star wars you know for all you know you're in fucking uh you know generic flash gordon number 75 mm-hmm. or 76 you know yeah. i mean it's yeah. you, you have no idea what you're in all of a sudden though i mean i'm sure 
after saying all that shit, he's like, ah, all right. <laughs> okay. Because that well, could have gone either way. Yeah, it could have gone either way. He could have, you know, I mean, he said, well, you know, oh, dear. Okay. Some some other pictures to sign the next time I'm at a uh, at a at a um, at a convention. convention. Yes. Well, and clearly it did go the other way when, yeah. you know, George got his way again without executives mm-hmm. interfering and not having a different director or other writers. Or, or somebody else saying, "No, George, that doesn't work." And the the lizard guy speaking like a like like some sort of step and fetch it character is just not going to work. Yeah, or having <laughs> the uh, junkyard owner come across as maybe somewhat, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Maybe or, or you know what? You know, maybe a little bit of a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah and being a little chintzy with his a little chintzy uh, with the money. You know, like you know. Not to not to say, you know, like the only stereotype that he missed was as you want a bagel. I mean, that was yeah, about I mean, it. The guy really did look like a mix of like a Hubert and uh, oh, who am I thinking of? Of uh, Arif, not uh, was it Arafat? Yeah, if Hubert yeah. and Arafat had a child. A child, yes. Anyway, so we're we are we're done here. I'm going to like stop and once again see if we can make sure that we've actually recorded this, and we'll yes. be, we'll be we'll be right back. And we're back. Yes. <laughs> and we're good. So we're good. Once again, that last segment was brought to you by uh, somebody who's apparently somebody who wishes to remain nameless. And... I was going to say the, <laughs> the Grandma Tarkins. We will. He will. Toilet scrubber. Yeah. We will. He will not reveal. They will not reveal their identity nor the purpose of their product. But he wears a big black helmet that looks like a samurai and we, has issues. He has a, he has he has children issues. Anyway, speaking of children and and other things like that, uh, 2016 kind of like waited till the very end. I felt a great disturbance in the force, as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. I feel something terrible has happened. To prove what an absolute utter pill of a year it was, among other oh, things, yeah. and we lost Carrie Fisher and. <laughs> Stench. What a I was I was surprised at how deeply moved I was by that. I, I was honestly surprised by that. How I've, I I've felt, always been a huge fan of hers, and I don't mean just Star Wars. I mean yeah. as a script doctor that I've been aware of and mm. also of the films that I know that she had worked on. Mm. And then in addition, Postcards from the Edge mm-hmm. by Mike Nichols. In fact yeah. I had made a very as I am uh, want to do, a very um, macabre joke when I heard Debbie Reynolds had gotten sick i didn't know she was going to pass away but i said you know after watching and knowing about postcards from the edge and seeing her wishful drinking you know years ago i it did feel a bit like she was like well you're not going to steal my thunder i've got a one-up you here (laughs) oh well yes and then when she actually passed away i felt like a dick yeah it felt like a complete another ass yeah you do but my understanding is they would have appreciated that dark humor yeah they were they but it was like and that was like bang bang and it's like holy shit you know it's like apparently her last words were i want to be with carrie yeah and it's like it's like oh wishes are granted well yeah every she had been actually miraculously she had had a stroke like in the last year Mm -hmm. debbie riddles that is yeah and uh I have to say, just this morning, I finished watching the HBO documentary yeah. uh, that had been co-directed by Fisher Stevens. Mm-hmm. Uh, they clearly were not aware that it was going to be a one-two punch when they made it. It was called Bright Lights, uh-huh. and it was about you know the relationship between Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. That and both uh, and Wishful Drinking, her mm-hmm. one-woman show, is back yeah. uh, up on HBO. Can yeah. watch that again. And uh, I have to say, I love the woman. I loved her uh, just really beyond naked honesty you know to yeah. just um uh, in the was... same way when you watch curb your enthusiasm where mm-hmm. it's um so kind of raw and revealing it hurts mm-hmm. um that is that was her every day yeah, and she... uh but with the amount of drugs that uh, she has taken and the mm-hmm. lifestyle she lived and her manic depression mm-hmm. um and what i didn't realize also watching the uh, documentary um was she was continued even to her last day, to be a uh, chain smoker and drank, you know, Coca-Cola nonstop. Right. So even though they made her look better as General Leia in Episode 7, well, she was still not living a perfectly clean, a healthier lifestyle. 
Well, I mean, you gotta, it's, you know, like, you gotta, it's kind of like one of those things, if you have what they like to call an addictive personality, you kind of have to pick your shots here, you know? Well, like, that's it, and, you know, and that's, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I've, I've been around that subject in my life, uh, not personally, but, um, well, that's part, not true. Pardon me, but pardon me, but I pardon mean, me while I shoot up. Uh, and we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I just mean, I haven't been around it to that, to that extreme, let me say it that way, but yeah. I have been, I mean, I haven't dealt with it personally, but I've been around people like that, and you're right, even yeah. when they do give up, their yeah. nastiest habit they usually fill it with something a lot of times jesus yep and but some... they need something else to fill that void so uh but i also want to say is that the other thing is that uh, i read somewhere and i'm I, I haven't been able to confirm this but apparently she like lost some weight a considerable amount of weight for uh the force awakens oh yeah and now the thing is, at at her age, and that at at the at yeah, her age, and this is something that I'm kind of like unfortunately familiar with. That puts a lot of strain on the heart. You lose that much weight that quickly. That a lot of you get a lot of strain on the heart, and it's entirely and that's it's entirely possible. That's what killed. That's what that's what triggered the the fatal heart attack. Was that was the final straw there that she lost all that weight that quickly to be on the show? Ironic. It would be. It's not a. It, it's well within the Carrie Fisher world. Well, that, that's true. But you also. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, look. I mean, she clearly she lived the way she wanted to live, and I yeah. don't think she made any excuses no. or made any bones about it. But yeah. I will say this. Yeah, what you're saying is correct, mm-hmm. but I would say that may be the. Uh, well, here we go. We got coming full circle. That may be the catalyst, but the, but the lifestyle, that she mm-hmm. had lived. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, she would not have been dealing with that. Yeah, had she not lived the lifestyle she had lived yeah. previously, and that's not a judgment. I'm just saying, you're talking about you know years of that living, yeah. ultimately, and, and and you're right, that may have been the thing that set it off. But I mean, one way or the other, that that seemed to be the ultimate destination. Yeah, well, she was. Although, although I was going to tell you this is that um, I, I I did uh, I was talking to some of my uh, other friends about uh, I know hard to believe I have any yeah uh, about the documentary bro we, we've we've right. warned you about these imaginary people before I mean that's you know, right I, <laughs> well, listen <laughs> I I'm, is it wrong that I am a, a, a bipolar and one of my uh, personalities is schizophrenic it makes it it makes it uh, I was gonna say um, <laughs> no what we were talking about was my favorite part in that documentary was at one point her it's just tagged as old friend or childhood friend there you go right. mm-hmm. comes to visit her and you know who it was what? who Griffin Dunn oh, okay I love Griffin Dunn I've loved him ever <laughs> since American Werewolf in London as the best friend who mm-hmm. uh, gets torn to shreds and then comes <laughs> back from the dead as the snarky you know smart ass best friend zombie yeah, you know, look, haunting his buddy. Look what you but, did to me, you bastard! <laughs> but but what it was interesting was, first of all, you know what his greeting to her was, "Hello, fuckface." <laughs> That's the relationship they had. Yes. And then they discussed how he dehumanized her, how he was the one that took her virginity because she was dating a boy and was scared about it, and mm. so he he did what any friend would do and took that honor. Okay. Well, here. I was telling my friends as I watched the film that I maybe there's a lesson there to learn for me, you know, watching her smoke uh, so much and drink uh, Coca-Cola still to that age. I said sadly the only uh only lesson I took was I should have given my virginity to Griffin Duck. <laughs> Which sounds like a song title. I don't know why, but it sounds... Not, not a popular one. No, not a popular one, but it does sound like a song. I should have given my virginity to Griffin Dunn. It's I a new country... I say the song title should be Hello, Fuckface. Hello, Fuckface. <laughs> actually, that sounds like... That should actually be kind of like a a lounge-style thing. A Sinatra kind of like a very, you know, gentle... I was gentle... more of like Hello Again with Neil yeah, Simon and little, little gentle introduction. Hello, fuckface. How are you today? Hello, fuckface. Hello. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm another side... It was interesting. One of the things I thought was interesting or struck me was um, on... this a site called Board Panda out there, and there were like all of these pictures that just... they. Be- People were just drawing picture after picture, after picture, of, of 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 Carrie Fisher as, as Leia, as Carrie Fisher, just in memoriam. You know, among right. you are among the stars. And there was like two of the two of them that kind of got to me. One was, um, they had one guy standing there holding a lightsaber. You know, there's Carrie Fisher, um, 
profile or face was like written in the stars. You know, the stars were like forming her face, and right. there was like on on standing on the ledge of a cliff or, or overlooking overlook was one person holding a lightsaber up, and before him, very much like that. Uh, actually, the actually I'll, I hate to say it, the the scene at the end of Green Lantern. Everyone there's like a, a scores of people holding up lightsabers, and for some reason that just kind of like got, oh, yeah, yeah, like a candlelight saber vigil. Candlelight saber vigil, and I just kind of got to. I think you were gonna say the one of her and. Like the back of Princess Leia and the back of the of the woman in the raincoat, yeah. like walking off into the yeah ether mm. together. Yeah, but I I mean, yeah, I mean, Deborah Reynolds was an, I just not to, to but Deborah Reynolds was an enormous enormous star, and my mother <laughs> my mother rest her soul never quite forgave uh, Eddie Fisher for dumping her for Elizabeth Taylor, and always had this like. <laughs> Always had this. It's funny you say that. They, that the, I was gonna say what made me laugh was that Carrie Fisher apparently kept saying to her mom near the end of after all of the next husbands she had. Yeah. Eddie doesn't look that bad now. <laughs> okay, I I did not. I was unaware of like she was after that. But my mom, but my mom was also also had this like had this like sort of like well it serves him right when she left. Him for Bert, Richard Burton. I mean, so it's like she was like she had she had a lot of judgment, slightly judgmental was. Maybe. Well, yes, and and <laughs> look, I mean, and and my understanding of it was this. Apparently, Mike Todd, uh, I think it was was it Mike Todd, no, Todd A O, right? The, that mm. did the um, around the world in eighty days. Okay, yeah, Todd A O. Mm-hmm. That was her husband who died in a plane crash, young. But apparently, he was uh, Eddie and Elizabeth Taylor both just. Love this guy, mm-hmm. and it was, a, and they would go on trips together as couples, the four of them. And so, the minute he died, he basically, you know, I think, uh, and I'm quoting Carrie Fisher, that he went out there to grieve her, mm-hmm. uh, to, to, you know, to grieve with her and for her. Mm-hmm. And at uh, first, he was grieving with her, you know, uh, <laughs> with his head, <laughs> his hands, and then finally his penis. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, and and the thing was, was that apparently their marriage mostly consisted of just talking about him. Okay. You see what I'm saying? With Debbie and Reynolds I'm not and Eddie, is, for is that. this I Debbie? I mean, like, it, I, it was an odd situation, and 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 this is kind of sad, is that you know apparently Debbie Reynolds had kind of a shitty childhood, also like her mm-hmm. mom was a real bitch. Yep. But um, the, yeah, I, I think she, I saw an interview with her mom, and her mom basically said uh, she has brains, but they were in her feet. Mm-hmm. Okay. answer which is like, yeah. thanks mom I was up for an Oscar but fuck you <laughs> fuck you too uh, I was only in one of the you know most canonized films of all time, all time yes. uh, you know but, singing the rain but, yeah, but I was yeah. going to say the um, apparently her love for Eddie in that in that uh, first marriage mm-hmm. you know because you figure she's got to be like a 20 year old girl right yeah yeah like yeah. that or in her in her 20s yeah and um 20 something I think but yeah. was that a real pure kind of naive love mm-hmm. and after that she got very cynical yeah. about things. Mm-hmm. Not that it worked out any better, because the other guys were pretty much shit heels as well, if not yes. worse. All right, Eddie's starting to look pretty good. And with that, we shall. Uh, the other thing, the other one I wanted I think to. She said Eddie looks like he was the good one. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's There's that's that's yeah, thank you, Carrie, for that. And I'm um I would just add to just well the last one the last the other picture that kinda got me, which was sort of like which also summed up a lot of the disappointment I felt for the prequels, was uh it's a picture of Darth Vader holding a rose. And okay. it's holding a rose and he's standing in front of a of a gravesite that says beloved daughter. And ah. it, and I was just like, and the whole, you know, like it was, it 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 was. I found it very very sad. Or it was like that. That just summed up. And also like the chant that what George Lucas fucked up in the prequels was, you know, the, the story of Darth Vader is a tragedy. It is not, a, you know, it's just simply and utterly a tragedy. I mean, that it's he, not a uh, uh, just a precocious, um, you know, whiny little fuck. No, it's not a whiny little fuck. I mean, this is like, you know, this is, 
it was on a level you know you really had to like you had to, you had to he had he didn't think through it it could have I been hate sand it's so coarse and dry yeah, yeah it's like no no this is you know we're you talking it's not something that makes a harlequin romance novel no, uh, sound, at least. sound deep <laughs> sound like you know no this is macbeth we're talking about here this is somebody who is actually whose desire for order in the galaxy led him down into 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 doing things that really he knew were wrong, but he was trying to do it for the betterment of the galaxy. And but the road to and, hell. and then the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And it was oh, not, I just meant the road to hell. That's much better than what I meant. Yeah, no, the road to hell. Is, yes, the, but but yeah, it was yeah. so it was such a chance miss. Now of course, it would have been a a a, a downer series of films if people would have come out of the last one going, oh, I going to kill myself now. Uh, so, <laughs> I think... Yeah, well, I, I think I, I, I fell asleep, and this is no bullshit, I fell asleep <laughs> when I saw the uh, first prequel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I literally, it was like a, like a midnight movie, yeah. and I was excited. Uh, the only time I'd fallen asleep in a film like that, with that excitement, was uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Okay. And it wasn't on purpose. I just was really – I had transcended, like, being a kid and being, like, wide-eyed to just – I you know, I felt like I was bored. But at the end of it, I just remember just screaming out, help us, Obi-Wan. Right, help us, Episode 2. You're our only hope. I was, oh, boy, yeah. was I wrong. Okay. Anyway, and uh, we're coming up to the end of this segment. Uh, Let me ask you this. Hold on yeah. real quick. Just to put a cap on the Carrie Fisher thing, I just want yeah. to get your opinion. Yeah. Would you prefer – that they have to go back and rewrite everything or that they uh, somehow attempt to still keep Leia in Episode Nine to complete that story arc because she's supposed to have a, um embrace with Luke or, or, you know, to have a meeting with Luke where they mm-hmm. meet up again and also have a, a, a final tete-a-tete with her son who mm-hmm. killed her love of her life and, and his father. Mm. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, which that apparently is... they're going to get fifty million uh, from Lloyd's of London for the the insurance they took out on her. Okay, <laughs> not that that makes it better. But not I that just, makes it better, uh, but that, that was a wild tangent. But let me ask you, what what do you think? Because I've been trying to sort out in oh. my mind what I would rather see. Because I, I'm not sh- honestly, I am not sure. I really couldn't. I can't even begin to think about how they could plot it and do it and sort of like make you know make a circle complete here. On that. I kind of feel like maybe they should just go for it, you know, go yeah. all in and just. I don't know. know. I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe they could, you know, they could strategically I mean, put shadows. Or suppose I don't know. Maybe they could. One of the things they could do is like Hologram. you know. Well, they could do. I'm actually what they could probably do is with you know like if she's gone, she could be like up there with you know like Obi Wan and uh, the other and 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 Yoda as like you know. So if you want to actually do the computer thing, you could do it as a ghost kind of thing, which which will make it less creepy. Will she be? Will it, will they go back and make it where she's like the young hot Leia? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> how do force ghosts work? How do force ghosts? Well, apparently the 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 it, it, it depends. Obi Wan was still an old man. Obi Wan and Yoda was still the old man, and then Vader was this was the young was was the was the guy who just can't get Years working. Years later, he was transformed <laughs> into the whiny little fox. Yes, yes. So anyway, uh, we're gonna stop this, and we'll be right we'll be right back. That last segment was brought by Concussions or Us. Anyway, I was just watching the NFL. I don't even remember. (laughs) So, anyway, uh, the last segment is, uh, of course... Bad Movie! Yes. Did you see it? Oh, by the way. I uh, saw enough of it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the the bad movie today is The Day the Fish Came Out. Now this is part of like this was came uh, this is from 1967. That was also what I described as uh, my honeymoon night. Yes, The Day the Fish Came Out. This is actually by a very respected director. He did Zorba the Greek. He did a bunch of uh, he did like Electra. He got a, he had a bunch of awards and 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 nominations. And this is just terrible in a way that is very very difficult to actually comprehend, uh, if not describe. Um, it's kind and of yes, like we're going to. We're going to. Um, the the idea is that a couple of pilot. They this is based on in back in the sixties, a uh, 
a B-52 or something lost a couple of bombs over Spain uh, in the water in the waters near Spain. Uh, it op- and this is sort of like a similar situation where not only a couple of H bombs but something in a metal box called Q uh, package. The Q package is also been dropped, lost, and it's been either dro- the uh, assistant to James Bond or the winged serpent. No, it's just it's, it's just a metal box with apparently something incredibly something in it. Um, incredibly something. In it. Yeah, well, it's it's not it's really not made much more specific than that. Or, doesn't need to be. Doesn't need to be. It's the MacGuffin. It's a MacGuffin of MacGuffins in kind of playing. It's like a super radioactive MacGuffin. Right, but I don't think that would have solved that film's issues if they. Oh no 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 oh no 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 that would just simply at least I would have been. I wouldn't have been wondering, well, what the fuck is it? It's in the box. you got to at least give me a little hint of what the hell's in the box. What's so, in the box? What's the box, Joe? What's Mike? What's in the box? Uh, it's uh, my, I can't pronounce his name. He's, it's a Greek name, Mikolas Klakogana. Uh, well, anyway, anyway. Yeah, perfect. It's, it's, he's, he, it's set on this very, very rocky Greek isle with a lot, of, obviously a lot of like local extras. The two pilots end up in there. They crash the plane. It's Tom Courtney and Colin Blakely, who really, both of whom should have fired their agent after this, or at least read the script before they went to go to do it, because they spend at least half the film in their underwear. I mean, just... Right. It's, it's just... It's just... It's just so bizarre. And they're scrambling around this Greek island. Meantime, uh, a... A, a super secret U.S. Air Force group has decided that we've got to go get those. We have to get the bombs and this package off of this island quietly. So they decide to go dress. They decide to go as a group from a hotel, a hotel corporation. They're scouting out, looking for new sites for hotels in, in in Greece. So there's this tiny little Greek island. It's like you know, there's a population of maybe a couple three hundred or something like that. And these guys come in. And why don't you describe, did you, uh, what was your, um, and they're dressed in, this is from 67, and it barely set in 72. What would you describe they were dressed as uh, when they should, they're in civilian clothes, but they're in like. Um, well, <laughs> I would say, I, I don't have words. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How would you describe it? What I would describe is basically people would say, no, I'm this this would be these what they were wearing was too gay for the pride parade. That was just simply be my expression. I like <laughs> that you say that as if people go like uh, like even the oh Richard Simmons goes, no, I'm too gay for me. Too gay for me. Richard Simmons would say, no, 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 too gay for me. Now it's there's uh, it's it's kind of like the it's. They don't work much with it. It's 1967, so they really didn't work much with it. I was just happy to see Candace Bergen. Oh my god! Uh, back when she was hot, uh, yeah. stands with plaid. Yes, yes. I mean, she had, I, I have to say, she was at her at at I mean, at her peak of loveliness, and it was untrammeled and untouched by any sense of acting. So you didn't have to worry. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, the visuals speak for itself. Yeah, she's just gorgeous in this. She's absolutely beautiful in this. It, it, it may be the reason, you know, it's just, she's absolutely gorgeous in it, but it's, the the, the whole thing revolves around this. What happens is that they, they they pretend that they're looking, these Air Force people dressed as, you know, dressed as the Pride Parade. Uh, yeah, wander- I mean, that, that's right. I mean, it looks like something out of a little bit like, um, Oh, what what am I thinking of? Um, yeah. Like Godspell. Or Godspell. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like you know, it's it's like Kajra Fall from the '60s. I mean, it's just really kind of like you know. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. I, I was being a bit kind, but I meant like it has that kind of. Uh, you know what it feels like? It feels like an old, out of touch person. It's kind of like when um, who am I thinking of? Um, who was the guy that played Mr. Freeze, the director of Anatomy of a Murder? Um, yeah, Otto uh, Preminger. Uh, which Otto- one? Otto Preminger. Otto Preminger, yes. It's like when Otto Preminger did Skidoo, oh, right? Mm-hmm. It's like an old, out-of-touch dude uh, trying to create or recreate uh, what he sees as the hippie movement, even mm-hmm. trying to be flattering. But yeah. there's something that just doesn't seem right about it. No. 
It isn't, and it's it's just so wrong. Everything is just so wrong with it. So what happens was is apparently that they, um, in the process of like pretending to be hotel magnate hotel people looking for a new hotel, the word gets around the transom that this is the new hot island. So more and more people start coming to to the island. So it ends up filled, being filled with tourists while they're trying to discreetly look for these A-bombs. And this gray box that this goat herd has found, and he spends half the film banging on it with shit. Uh, and it was like, I'm going... And meantime, the two pilots in their underwear are doing a very unfunny version of I, I know, either Mutt and Jeff and uh, Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy or just... You know, all, just really um, embarrassed actors with really dialogue. Shitty dialogue and, and wearing nothing but white skivvies that are getting progressively dirtier. And this is like, I, I have to, I'll, I'll, I'll give them the, uh, I'll give them bo- credit for actually, you know, thinking that, no, no, it wouldn't stay white the entire time. It would get dirty as, as time went by. So they had to have the costume guy had, okay, got to like dirty up the underwear for the scene. It's like, oh God. I'm and hoping it, they weren't method. Yeah. I hope it wasn't method as I was just no, wearing the But end. you're right. I mean, in the sense that, uh, yes, there is something to, um, you know, them trying to be somewhat, uh, trying to make it realistic. But, you know, once you've got a film called, uh, he, uh, I day, can't even remember the title. Just escaped the me. day the, the day fish, the fish came. came out. I think that um, you've transcended that, and if your only nugget, and I use that sparingly, mm-hmm. of realism is yeah. uh, dirty underwear, yeah. I think uh, you are putting your eggs in the wrong basket. Yes, I definitely think so, and uh, <clears throat> I, I don't know if the director was gay, but somebody in that, somebody working with that film was gay as gay as all get out. I mean, it's just like I just. But anyway, um, the it was just such a. Straight... If they weren't, they were after the film was done. Obviously, it's like, thank God. Uh, I think it was actually the. I think part of the reason the Candace is so luminously beautiful and just such a wonderfully wonderful attack, you know, what just very nice to see in oh, the middle of this. Definitely see why people were. I mean, why she was so uh, sought after. Yeah, she was gorgeous. Turns out she was a pretty terrific actress as well. Oh but... yeah, not in this one, but she was. <laughs> what, what, I don't think that's a, you know. I mean, I, I don't blame her. I don't blame her. Justice. I don't blame her. I she probably looked at the script and said, "Is this as the check cleared?" Yeah, well, she probably looked at the script and said, oh, you're hiring me. Because she wasn't really, I mean, she had done, I think, modeling, but no. I don't know if she had really... No, I hadn't really done anything. She really hadn't done anything before that. Before right. This. But she she does she does a she does a good job with what she's got. I mean, she comes across as being who she's supposed to be. Uh, but it's, I mean, she's just simply, actually, she is absolutely nothing more than a delivery mechanism for the acid that the Greek goat herd steals from her and goes back to the stupid steel box and finally opens the steel box. And we have been waiting all film to see what the hell is inside the steel box. And what it looks like is turds. It's just little round... Speaking of nuggets. <laughs> nuggets. They look like little round turds. And apparently these are supposed to be insanely radioactive. So... Uh-huh. They throw them in the water. They they throw some oh, of them in the water. This film is radioactive, all right. Oh, yeah. So the end of the film consists of, you know, they th- the, uh, they throw they th- some of them in the they throw some of them in the water. The, the guy finds them, says, well, these, these aren't any good. I'm just going to get rid of this. This is ridiculous. And as as, a, as as most of the audience saying at this point, this is ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, yeah. He, I, I think we no no the audience got their way before the film. The audience was long was long gone at this point. Even, even dumb audiences would be even like, dumb yeah. audiences. Now I mean, no, could we? Right. Yes, we had some. Could, could we at least get some idea what the fuck this stuff was supposed to be? I, I've, I've watched the film three times. I really was trying to say, maybe there was a line I missed. Maybe there was... No. They never explained. They never ex- They never even bothered to explain even a, a minimum of what the hell this is supposed to be. 
it's supposed to be the end of the world, you know, kind of like black end of the world comedy here. Well, you know, like at least in Doctor Strangelove, you knew what was going to end the world was the doomsday weapon. And or you know, at nuclear war, which we all were really familiar with. I mean, um, little atomic radioactive turds just don't make a menace, and he has are just not as menacing as apparently they thought as much. So they they do they, some of it gets thrown in the ocean, some of it actually gets thrown in the water supply. We don't see what happens to the people who are drinking the water supply contaminated by the atomic turds. Now, most of the people would be drinking water on that island I, I anyway. I wish the film now was called Atomic Turds. <laughs> yeah, well, that's pretty much what it is, an atomic turd. So it it it, it just is... And then they see the, you know, the, the, the Air Force group, they all see the fish have come, the fish dying in the... in the, the fish are apparently being killed by whatever this stuff is. So right. why the people aren't also keeling well, over right now... Well, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Well, you know, it's people get, you know, fish, fish are, it's a fairly, they're, they're fairly delicate. The compared. sad part is this film isn't so much a comedy these days. No, it, it's kind of like, you know, it's like, oh, shit. Prophetic. Yeah, so. And, and really prophetic in a way where um, it's gone from being nonsensical and absurd to reality. To be very frightening. Uh, so, uh, I mean, the only thing was that they, the only thing that actually made, the only thing that was actually close to being effective that I thought was aside from Candace Bergen, and uh, I realize now that when I was a much younger man, I was like watching it just simply for Candace Bergen because this came on a lot on the Million Dollar Movie on Channel Nine for reasons I have no I, idea I, why. I can tell you exactly why. It was probably very cheap. <laughs> I just think so. Yeah. Yes, yes. So they um, ended up with um, it, there's a last scene is like the the uh, the. The announcer's going, attention, somebody's going, attention, please. Everyone's dancing, uh, except for the people that are, they, the, the Air Force knows that this thing has gotten out. The two pilots know that this something is going on wrong. Their story is never resolved. Uh, he, the one pilot is goes running after some of the officers. Uh, the other pilot who's starving basically sits down at an abandoned uh, uh, cafe, cafe table and starts eating while laughing hysterically as, as a mad, like a madman. Uh, but everyone else is like dancing completely oblivious to what's going on and they keep going attention as they just gradually the, this picture just fades slower and slower and slower becomes smaller and smaller and smaller and they keep going attention and no one's paying it no one is paying attention so yeah. I mean that's well, that's what I was talking though about yeah. when uh, what we were talking about earlier with um, oh uh, Peter Cushing mm-hmm. you know talking about Star Wars yeah this film here could have very and uh, could have very much ended up. Um, Doctor Strangelove could have ended up as this. I don't yeah. think so with Kubrick, but I just mean yeah. the premise itself as a satire mm-hmm. is not a bad idea. It's all in the execution, right? right? Yes. And that's the same thing where this, you know, and the day uh, what was it? Uh, what was the, the other one? Mike Nichols did, you know, great another great director that did um, Day of the Dolphin, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I just mean like. Um, you know, it, it, you never know. No. You don't know what's yeah, going no. you know, Like this, uh, you know, Star Wars could have ended up being, um, oh, uh, what is it, Star Crash? Yeah. Yep. Italian knockoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and and this could have ended up being, you know, a brilliant parody, you yeah. know, but it's all execution and it's all yeah. a very tricky balance. Yeah, it is. It is, And I think maybe there were too many targets. Maybe he was just trying to do too much at, at the same time. Uh, maybe he also said, you know, you actually need likable people at some point and during their film. Uh, <laughs> that helps. It helps. You have to have somebody. You have to have somebody you're actually kind of rooting for at some point, rather than both of them. Oh, for God's sake, just kill yourself and have done with it. Yeah, uh, rooting for it to end. <laughs> yes. So that was the day the fish came out. It's available. Uh, it's on YouTube, and apparently no one's no one's stopping it, uh, yeah. which gives you some idea. Same reason the million dollar movie could get it. <laughs> They're not worried about the rights. No, they ain't. They ain't doing nothing. Rights, not nothing. So uh, anyway, that's the uh, that's the movie. I think we're we're we are going to be done here. And I think actually, I think it looks like we're actually going to this time, this time, you know, uh, Lord willing, the crick don't rise. I'll be actually able to edit this together into some sort of um, um, coherent whole. Hey, uh, hey look, we can ask for in life that's all time. we can ask for is some sort of coherent whole. Uh, let me just um, perhaps. I'd, I'd like to. Can you check it without uh, cutting me off? Cutting you off. I don't 
think so. All right, well, go ahead and cut me off, and then and, we'll, I, uh, well, I just want to we'll record tell you, outro. Tell, tell you what, why don't we just? Uh, you want I to want record to, the outro? Well, I just want to like, oh, yeah, let's do the do the outro. But I just want to like, because I love this thing so much. Um, the from I just want to do welcome to Night Vale. Uh, just a last uh, little. Just yeah, the last. No, no, by all means, and I'm not kidding. I really did put in my yeah, last, last little bit. Off. Listen to it this week. Yes, uh, just sort of like a last little bit of like. Uh, occasionally, they'll give this little piece of wisdom, and listeners. I just want to thank you all out there for reading for for staying with us when we weren't doing anything. We were trying. God knows we were actually trying. Oh, but, uh, this. Uh, yeah. Oh, this is you. Wait. Yeah. What are yeah. We, is this you reading or are you talking? No, okay, okay. But most importantly, most of all, here in Night Vale in America, in the world, in the secret orbital basis, all of us have gotten through another day. We passed the time from one end of twelve to the other without stopping once. Well done, us. Good job, people who experience time. Time experiencers. Good job. And with that, I'd like to say peace, love, show a knife. This is Bob Muir saying so long. <laughs> I would like to uh, uh, not interrupt you when I, I'm confused in uh, whether or not that's you talking or you reading. Okay. I, I apologize, but no, no, not I to do, I'm going to jump on the uh, last train to Night Vale. I will, uh, I will give you my assessment next week. And okay. I will say, until then, this is Mr. the Bandit. Stormtrooper? Huh? Oh, the uniform.